Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. My friend Viosa is a pediatrician whose clinic in Sarajevo was bombed, rebuilt, bombed again, and rebuilt again during the Bosnian War. Viosa never stops moving. She's a blur. She says, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I love that, and I aspire to it. If only I could be awake all the time, all day, and right through the night. If only I could be one of those people who can go and go and go on just a few hours of sleep. I fight it mightily and sleep my fearsome foe always wins. Recently, I've been persuaded to change my battle strategy. I know many of you may have slept through sermons, but I'm hoping not to knock you out this morning. Don't tell me that didn't occur to you. (laughs) As it turns out, how awake we are, awake in every sense of the word, is founded on our sleep sleep for physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual renewal. Every night, we lie mostly paralyzed and unconscious, snuffed out except for brief flares of the technicolor quasi-psychosis we call dreaming. Why? (laughs) Neuroscientists suspect that the primary function of sleep is to preserve brain plasticity, the brain's ability to change in direct response to experience. Dr. Terence Sinwaski says, at night, the sleeping brain is untethered from the world and is a whirlwind of activity. While we sleep, the body repairs the damage we do while we're awake. Sleep is healing. When the brain is relieved of the vigilance of consciousness, First, it pays off our exhaustion. Next, still in the first part of the night, it orders and files the input that it's been subjected to all day long, processing our memories. And then, in the second part of the night, it's dedicated to integrating the past with the future and to problem solving. Scientists don't even pretend to know all the functions of dreaming, but they've proven that when we say, let me sleep on it, we're on to something. You can go to bed with a problem and wake up with a solution. That's all because of sleep. If you don't snooze, you lose. (laughs) Here's Shakespeare on sleep in the words of Macbeth. Sleep knits up the raveled sleeve of care, the death of each day's life, sore labor's bath, balm of hurt minds, great nature's second course, chief nourisher 
in life's feast. Translation. Sleep soothes our worries, puts each day to rest, relieves the weary, and heals troubled minds. Sleep is the main course in life's feast, says Shakespeare, and the most nourishing. When we don't sleep or sleep badly, we are putting ourselves at risk for heart problems, hardening of the arteries, obesity, insulin resistance, diabetes, and the suppression of the immune system. Sleep deprivation is also the culprit in unmanageable hunger, pain, stress, anxiety, depression, mania, paranoia, irritability, and anger. And it plays a huge part in traffic accidents and other disasters involving human error. Do you remember the Three Mile Island nuclear accident? Sleep deprivation. Chernobyl, sleep deprivation. The Exxon Valdez, sleep deprivation. Dr. Martin Moore-Eed, an expert on managing the risks of fatigue in transportation, writes, if we operated machinery the way we are now operating the human body, we would be accused of reckless endangerment. If you are a bad sleeper, you are not alone. More than a fifth of all Americans say they have trouble sleeping. It turns out that sleep problems only began with the invention of electricity in 1879. As it turns out, my great-grandparents' generation slept an average of an hour and a half longer than we do. In just the last 20 years, We've added 158 hours to our annual working and commuting time. That's the equivalent of a, few, a, a full month of working hours. We're exhausted, and it's a myth that we need less sleep as we grow older. Not until 1996 did the American Medical Association recognize sleep medicine as a specialty. But over the past 30 plus years, there have been several landmark sleep studies, all of them comparing the number of hours the subject slept and how it affected their longevity. Overall, the studies concluded that to live longer, we need to sleep more, which I suppose we could see as the trade-off for not being able to go without sleep. Actually, the payoff of more sleep means we're more efficient, more productive, healthier, and happier. Sleep is highly underrated. In his book, Psychotherapy for the Soul, 33 Essential Secrets for Emotional and Spiritual Self-Healing, Dr. Stephen Diamond writes, sleep heals the body, clears the mind, and restores the soul. So how much sleep do we need to be well-rested? According to sleep experts, if we want to be fully alert, in a good mood, mentally sharp, creative, and energetic all day long, we might need to spend at least a third of our lives sleeping. The latest research calls for seven to nine hours a night, with eight hours and 15 minutes being ideal. Indian-born philosopher and spiritual master Sri Chimnoy writes, during sleep, when the soul moves from one plane to another, 
It is like a free bird. So how can we be better sleepers and renew our souls for the joyful wakefulness to which we are called? Here are a few guidelines for a bedtime ritual. Get all the LEDs and other lights out of your bedroom. You want it as dark and as quiet as possible. Avoid eating for at least two hours before bed to ensure that your energy, rather than going to digestion, can go to healing and renewal. Caffeine has a half-life of seven hours. Do the math and don't go to bed with the equivalent of two cups of coffee surging through your veins. Likewise, while alcohol has the immediate effect of inducing sleepiness, a few hours later, as the blood alcohol level begins to fall, it has a stimulant or wake-up effect. Don't drink within six hours of your bedtime. Begin to wind down about two hours before bed. Get off the computer, black out the news, and lower the lights. Reading a good book, listening to beautiful music, or meditation are good evening activities. No working in bed. If you can shower or take a bath, it's great to like warm up and then cool down right before bed. A cool environment is the best for sleeping. Try to get to bed before midnight. The earlier, the better. And finally, ideally, plan to wake up at the same time every day. In the process of healing our disrupted sleeping patterns, we need to teach our bodies to sleep. Beloved spiritual companions, Greek philosopher Heraclitus wrote, even a soul submerged in sleep is hard at work and helps make something of the world. When we see deeply the relationship between waking and sleeping, and especially the ways in which sleeping restores us and renews us for wakefulness, we begin to understand sleep as a spiritual practice, integrating memory with vision. For now, this is the day that is given us. Wide awake, may we keep our promises to live it well. This is Robert Frost stopping by woods on a snowy evening. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near between the woods and frozen lake the darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there's been some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. Sleep well, beloveds. Amen.